0: Grace to you and peace from God, Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes in life, we have experiences that definitely are set apart from the rest of that, that are maybe notable for the amount of joy, the amount of peace, that they into our hearts. Maybe we would we would refer to them this way as mountaintop experiences. A few weeks ago, uh, Eden and I had one of those experiences. We celebrated, and she's she's wondering, right? So, <laughs> trust me, trust me. We did have a mountaintop experience. Uh, we, we did uh, a few weeks ago celebrate our fifteenth wedding anniversary. Thanks be to God, and part of our celebration, we went to Bistro North over in Dillon, and we had a nice dinner, and and it was good. Like we had a good time, just the two of us. Good food. There was uh, we had some some drinks with each other, tried some new things that we had never tried before. We had good conversation. We were able to laugh and talk to each other for extended amounts of time without being interrupted. <laughs> and we were able to, to laugh and share stories. A lot of our conversations would go back to kind of reminiscing about the times in the past when, oh, we were so young and foolish. If we had only known at that time where we would be today, right? Uh, time, and, and I think... If we didn't do it at this moment, uh, we certainly do this regularly. We we look back at the pictures of our kids when they're little and think, "Oh, how cute they were!" Let's not remember the hard times; just how cute they were, right? So, and and we had a, we had a good good time with each other. But as uh, things go, as life goes, uh, we couldn't stay at Bistro North forever. Uh, my. <clears throat> banking account couldn't afford that, right? But we went home and, and uh, carried on with life. Have you had a, a mountaintop experience, maybe, maybe recently or maybe, maybe years ago, that really sticks out in your mind that you'd like to share with us this morning? Anyone? Anyone? Chris. Great. No, that's good. So, um, snowshoeing in the beauty of God's creation, stillness. Uh, I didn't, maybe you didn't say this directly, but. Uh, quietness, peace, right? Yeah, it's those are uh, mountaintop, almost literally in that that case, right? Yeah, experiences. Very good. Anyone? Anyone else have a mountaintop experience that maybe you like to think about sometimes? Right? Huh, that's, yeah, and makes me think about times before uh, I was, and, and I'm sorry, let me repeat for those listening on video. Uh, Sharon shared how coming to church today, just driving to church, bluebird day, beautiful day, and you got to have a mountaintop experience, a mini mountaintop experience, like you said, when you got to see this gentleman, and you guys just smiled at each other, and oh, good day, right? And yeah, I, I think of the, the times when I was still living in Westminster, and would drive up, and yeah, it, the, the, there'd be the light snow, fall, and it just felt like winter wonderland, right? And yeah, so that's good. Thank you for sharing that. And now get to live here. <laughs> it's a, uh, anyone, anyone else? Mountaintops? Well, the, the reality of mountaintop experiences is that they're good, they're from God. They are a moment where we can sit back and say, God is so good to me and to our world. And yet, we often have to come back down from the mountain, right? In our text for today, Jesus takes three of his disciples, John and James and Peter, And this is actually the first time in Matthew's gospel that he just takes the three of them. They're kind of his inner circle of disciples, his closest disciples. And he takes them out and they go for a hike. And it's a long hike up a high mountain. And they get to spend some quality time with each other. And they get to the top of this mountain and something happened that no one could have anticipated, expected, predicted they see Jesus transfigured now to be clear here and the text makes it very clear that this isn't just Jesus in his perfect humanity no this is a momentary glimpse that Peter, James, and John get of Jesus's glory as God Almighty. We're told that Jesus's face shone like the sun. Have you ever tried looking at the sun? If so, you're probably not looking at me because that it's blinding, right? It's bright, it's radiant, right? Um, his face shone like the sun. His his clothes were white, dazzling white. And they look up and they see Jesus is, is teaching, or I'm sorry, talking with Moses and with Elijah. Moses and Elijah, if you don't know, are uh, from the Old Testament. Lived thousands, or, or I should say hundreds of years before I mean Moses, about 1500 years before Jesus, and Elijah, uh, around I don't know 900 years before Jesus, and they're there together. Side note, it's worth recognizing that, huh, I guess we will recognize family and friends in in the new creation in in heaven because uh, why would Peter? And James and John be able to recognize Moses and Elijah at all, except their eyes were opened to this glory at this time. It was was a good time. And Peter, caught up in that moment, says, and this is Larry's translation, this is awesome. (laughs) Let's stay here. For a long time, I can build tents for us. We can, I'll get some sticks, and I brought a tarp, and we're going to be good to go. This is amazing. I wish I would have brought my, my phone and my selfie stick. This would be awesome to post on Instagram and show everybody how amazing this time is. And as Peter is going on kind of rambling on, maybe doesn't even entirely know what he's saying, the moment gets even greater, a cloud comes, not a dark cloud, a bright cloud comes and shines on them. And out of this cloud in heaven, a voice comes, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Where have we heard that before? Baptism. There we go. When Jesus was baptized, Jesus, at that point, was in his humanity. But the clouds, the skies opened up, dove came down, Holy Spirit came down like a dove, I should say, and the Father spoke, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. But there's one line that's added at this point that's a little different than the baptism. God the Father goes on to say, listen to him. Hmm. Now why, why would God the Father add those words, that line, that phrase, listen to him? Certainly there's the, the general sense that we are called to listen to Jesus as we, we follow him. Listen to his teachings on morality, on love, on care for our neighbors, on treatment of the poor, on husbands and wives and how we are to interact, parents and children. There's broad general teachings that we're called to listen to. To Jesus. But I think in this specific context, there's there's some specific words that we should go to as well when it comes to listening to Jesus. If we back up a few verses, back into chapter 16 of Matthew's Gospel, Peter at that point had just Confessed Jesus as the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Similar words, you can see that tailing nicely with what the Father just said about Jesus. And after Peter's confession, Jesus commends him. This hasn't been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. That's wonderful. And right after that, Starting in verse 21 of chapter 16, it says this. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside after this and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? I can't. And it, it kind of makes me a little bit scared just to even think about it. He says to, to, to Jesus, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Peter, the disciples of Jesus, they knew what happened to John the Baptist. They were dead set against not letting this happen to Jesus. And yet, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. Oh, those are hard words. <laughs> you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And then Jesus goes on to say, and he tells his disciples this, if anyone would come after me, were to follow Jesus, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You can understand Why Peter and the other disciples at this point were at least confused if not questioning this whole following Jesus thing. What happened to the make me fishers of men part? (laughs) Deny myself? That doesn't sound like something that feels good. (laughs) Take up my cross in that context, people knew exactly what that meant. Be willing to die and follow me. Whew. Those are those are heavy words. When God the Father on the Mount of Transfiguration interrupts Peter and his rambling. And he says, listen to him. I think he's referring specifically to this passage. To Jesus' passion prediction. Where he talks about having to suffer and be killed as he goes to Jerusalem. And where he talks, quite frankly, about the life of following him. It's not all going to be mountaintop experiences. It's going to be hard. Sometimes we're going to be in the midst of the grind, and it's not going to feel good. Now after this, Jesus... is left by himself. uh, Moses and Elijah had left. Apparently that shining cloud, that bright cloud, is no longer. And all Peter and James and John see are Jesus, is Jesus. And they go back down the mountain. Sometimes in life, we want to stay in the mountaintop experience. We want to, like Peter, build tents or do whatever we can to, to preserve this for as long as possible. Uh, this, this past fall, uh, my family and I went to a concert at Copper Mountain. And the headlining artist there was uh, a band by the name of uh, AJR. Maybe you're familiar with them. And I think one of the things that's interesting, that's fun, as, as far as I see it, about listening to maybe um, secular music, if you will, is, is just hearing their, their, their take on life. And they, AJR, they have one song in particular called The Good Part." And it's all about kind of the, the struggles, of the hard things of life, and, and essentially just, can we, get, can we get to the good part? Let me uh, read the refrain for us. It says, uh, if you put this scene on a movie screen, is it called a happy ending? If the world gets me, where am I s- supposed to be? Will I know I've made it then? It's so hard. So can we skip to the good part. And I can resonate with AJR. I can resonate with Peter because sometimes we don't want to leave the good part, the mountaintop experiences. And yet, we do. Jesus calls us to follow him back down to the valley. Maybe it's the mountaintop experience of winning the league championship. (laughs) My daughter, seventh grade basketball player at, at Summit Middle School, one and her team, they won the league championship yesterday. Yay, right? mountaintop experience, if there is any, right? And yet, the valley is going to come. Whether that be training, whether that be losing, there's going to be times when you have a bad game, when things don't go right, back to the valley. It can be in marriage, where uh, wedding day is perfect. Bride and groom work really hard to... Get in shape, get the right clothes, tailored, all that sort of stuff. You have the right crowd, the right food, everyone's together. It's mountaintop like. And then there's 50 or 60 years after that of life. Mountaintop experiences throughout, maybe, yeah, but there's a grind, there's reality. There's, there's the birth of a child, that, that moment of euphoria when a new child, a new life has entered into this world, and it's beautiful. And, and then the next day when the hospital says, okay, time's up. See you later. Have a good one. Good luck. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> and parents are left there saying, oh, boy, <laughs> what do we do now? What's that? Uh, uh, j- Where's, the Where's the user's manual? Right, yeah, that's, that's a good question, right? Or well, you get the job promotion. This is great. I'm going to have increased pay, going to have increased status. This is what I've been working for for years. And then you get into it and you realize oh, this also comes with a whole lot more responsibility and pressure. All eyes are on me, and now it doesn't feel like the mountaintop. It feels like just grinding through the valley. This happens in life. And so when, when we look at Jesus and his life, we realize Jesus doesn't stay on the mountaintop because he knows That's not life in a broken world. His whole incarnation, God becoming man, is about him coming down from the mountaintop, taking flesh upon himself, becoming a servant, becoming poor, becoming homeless, becoming rejected, doubted, Challenged, beat, spit upon, mocked, nailed to a cross, suffering, dying. Because Jesus knew if he stays up on the mountaintop, we can't come with him. But he comes down with us into the valley of brokenness and life to die our death. Those of us who are fallen sinners, who are stuck in this broken world, he comes that down to us so that we can be with him and follow him. And Jesus is, you know, some might say he's a pessimist. Church is just all about making people feel bad about themselves, like they're not good enough. Now, is, is Jesus doing that? Is he making us just feel bad about our, ourselves, our life, our existence? Or is he just being a realist? Whether you go to church or not, you're going to want to skip to the good part. <laughs> You know that there's brokenness all over this world. And what Jesus is saying is, come, deny yourself. That's another way of saying love other people. (laughs) Take up your cross. Put on your your big boy clothes. Let's go. This is going to be hard. And follow me. Because not only can Jesus relate to us, but also, we know on the other side of the cross is glory is resurrection is life is forgiveness, is salvation? We get to look forward to that, and Jesus gave us a glimpse of the resurrection that we ourselves on that last day will be part of when we get new bodies, when we when we get uh, uh, um, reconciliation with those who we're struggling with right now when, when work is perfect and good. We get that. But as Christians, we are what's referred to in theological circle, circles, theologians of the cross, meaning this. We know in this life, as followers of Jesus, that our road to glory goes through the valley. We follow Jesus, and he's with us every step of the way. He doesn't send us into the valley by ourselves. He says, no, no, I'm there with you. In word and sacrament, he's with us today. That's why we're we're here. And as I was thinking about this, I was wondering... Maybe this is what the world wants to see. Here's what I mean. We can get caught up in the mountaintops, in the Instagram, uh, Instagrammable moments, right? But the world knows brokenness, and the world's also pretty good. People in the world are pretty good about sniffing out inauthenticity, being fake. They can see through a facade that we try to put up. Maybe, maybe the church isn't supposed to make the world think that we've got it all put all together, that it's all perfect. Maybe the way to share the, the gospel with the world is by inviting them into our lives in the valley. I was down in Denver yesterday presenting at uh, the SOAR seminar, kind of the seniors group of our district. And one of the questions that came up was from a gentleman just asking, how do we reach those outside of the church? And I told him, well, uh, it takes time. It takes relationship. One thing that we've done as a church to try to be in the community is when when this church bought a parsonage for me and my family and future pastors and their families to live in we did it we bought it in a community so that we would be able to have natural interactions with our neighbors so that we can be out shoveling with them snow blowing <laughs> Uh, Walking dogs. Uh, and, And they can be part of our lives. Not just the mountaintop experiences that they can see on social media, but in the valleys. I think that's what Jesus is calling us to. When we're asked by the Father to listen to him. That is what it means to follow Christ. And I think that's what our world craves so much is not so much the mountaintops, but seeing how Jesus is with us in the valleys of life. Amen.